What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Network Chuck. Today's a special day. I've got one of my favorite guests I've ever had all time on the channel back on. And uh, this guy's been busy. <laughs> uh, I've got Mr. Ernest here. Ernest, I've got you on the screen right now. Say hello, Ernest. Hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Uh, this, uh, my name is Ernest, and I am so glad to be here with you all today. So it's always if a good time talking to Chuck. <laughs> so it's been a while since you've been on, like almost, a, I think it's been over a year now, uh, maybe a bit more. And uh, the channel's grown since then, so a lot of people may not know who you are. So you are the Cisco Panther on Twitter, and you're called the Cisco Panther because you love Cisco, like I do. So that's where we what we have in common. But you've been yeah. moving beyond Cisco, like a lot, <laughs> going to AWS, yes. Juniper, you're kind of going all over, touching all these technologies, which is awesome. So uh, real quick, give, so we have a, in case you guys don't know, we have a live stream we did last year and we cover his journey. And the reason we have him on is because he's kind of a beast when he when it comes to studying and advancing your career. He went from zero to 80 so quick, it's insane. So real quick, just give like maybe a, a 30 second overview of who you are, where you came from and what you're about to tell us now. Um, my name is Ernest uh, Warrior, and I'm known as Cisco Panther on Twitter and pretty much all the social media platforms. Um, I'm originally from Nigeria, and I'm based out here in Seattle, United States. Um, I came to this country uh, pretty much three years ago, 2017, and I worked in network engineering back in Nigeria. Um, before I came here, but when I came here, I decided to like take it to another level and really deep dive, deep dive into Cisco stuff. Um, so I started learning about Cisco, um, getting some certifications. I got a CCNA, the CCMP, and then I went on to start studying and you know learning automation. Like and real quick, stuff. I want to stop you there, set it up. But he got a CCNA, a CCMP within like what? The same year? Was it like six months? I forget. 11 months. 11 months, which, I mean, come on, that's insane. And this is back when the CCMP was three tests, right? <laughs> so yeah. it, it's it's different now. But anyway, sorry, yeah. keep going. So um, I, after I got my CCMP, at that point, um, the network automation thing was getting big. And I decided to like pivot and start learning about network automation. So I started learning Python, Linux. Um, I deep dive into AWS and I started learning about the cloud and how it, you know, gets back to the network engineering itself and cloud engineering and how Linux and Python, all the roles that they play together to deliver the network that um, people use today. So from that journey, I went from Prudential, working at Prudential for one year, literally, I can, it's just surreal for me to um, <laughs> like announce to everyone that I am a network development engineer at uh, Amazon Web Services. Which is so cool to hear because the last time we talked, the title of the video we had was, you need to learn uh, Linux, Python, networking, and I think I said Amazon, all at the same time which is what you were yes. basically doing. You were studying yeah. Cisco, you were studying Amazon, you were doing Linux and Python, and now you're at a job where I know all those skills are required. And it's so cool yeah. to see that journey, to see you've come here 
So there's a few things I want to cover. I'll kind of give my people here a, a preview. Uh, I want to cover how you got to that point. What does that? What does it mean to be a, a network development engineer? Which just sounds awesome. So how you got there? What does you actually do now? And how could someone follow in your footsteps? And yeah, that's pretty much it. So I guess first, how did you get to this point to become a network development engineer? And we'll kind of pick off from where you left off last time when we talked, where you were working as a network engineer, delving into automation. I remember you talking about your company and how you were starting to do automation projects. So I guess pick us up from there and take us along the journey. I'm excited. So um, the, the last job that I had, um, like I said, the last time I came here uh, on the channel, I worked only three days a week. So I had a whole lot of time to like continue my studies and continue developing myself. Um, apart from the projects that we had um, at work, I still did my own thing. And one thing that has, you know, kept me going and kept my skills sharp is I do have a job, but I study like I am literally searching for a job, like I can mm. have an interview tomorrow. So that's, that has been like my fuel. I don't want to ever get complacent. Like I'm here now. Um, I can relax and enjoy. So one thing um, Duan taught me is never let any time waste while you are at work, right? So most of the time when I was work, there was downtime. I just took, uh, I started, um, you know, coding, continuing learning my Python, um, doing some Linux command on the side. Um, you know, people used to come around, they ask me, what are you doing? Like, are you a software engineer? Because, you know, your screen looks cool when, you're, <laughs> when you have some Python stuff on there. It, it looks different. So I was just, uh, you know, introducing and talking to um, the guys at the job about network automation and how it's going to change the face of networking um, in times to come. But at that point, my whole focus was going to work for Google. Like I said, the last time. Google, right. okay. So, <laughs> I, was, I was actually preparing for, you know, the next opportunity I'm going to get. So I don't um, mess it up like I did the last time. So I kept on with that pace and studying. And then um, January this year, Google actually sent me an email. I didn't apply this time. I just got an email from Google and they said, oh, they still have my resume from the last time. Would I like to um, talk to them on this position that they have? I'm like, wow, I've been waiting for you guys. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> so, and guys, so, just to catch you up real quick. So uh, last time we talked about Ernest actually interviewed at Google for an, a position and yeah. they turned him down. And actually that's part of the reason he got fired up and started studying automation because there were gaps that he wanted to fill in. Now they're yes. hunting after him. So anyways, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was excited when I got the second call from uh, Google. Um, so I gave, the, I gave them my availability. Uh, we started um, talking and worked out all the logistics. And then I had my phone interview, which went pretty much well. Um, and I was invited for the on-site interview, which is supposed to be the, the final one like where you go and you spend the whole day at, at Google and you interview for like six hours. Gosh. You, you, <laughs> you get to have one hour lunch in between. And then, so I, they flew me out to Texas because um, I was supposed to work in the Austin, Texas office. Oh, cool. So I, so I was flown out to Texas and the next day I went for the interview. It was, um, 
a very, very, very tough interview. And I gave pretty much everything I had on that interview. Um, there was a whiteboard, there was coding session, there was deep dive into networking. And what position was, was this? Uh, what was the position you were applying for? It was for um, a network engineer for um, enterprise operations. That was Dang. the exact position. That so I was it wasn't even for. like development in the title. It was just network engineer, but you're expected yeah. to know all that stuff. That's Yeah, that's intense, yeah. man. I mean, for Google and companies like Google like um, and Amazon, uh, it doesn't matter what you're coming to do. You have to know how to code. So um, uh, the coding session, um, there was a lot of questions about, you know, um, they get to like paste questions on the whiteboard and you have to like solve through it and write a code and explain your code and they get to like, you know, piece out everything that you've written and what your logic, what your thinking is like. And um, I think I did pretty much well this time around and I was pumped up. I, you know, when I came out, I called my friends, I called, I called my wife first. I told her, this is it, we're moving to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I knew that this time around they can't say no to me. Like I, I was very, very confident because um, it was like it's it was eight months gap preparing for another chance with Google, right? So um, when I waited for two weeks and I finally got the call, and you know the recruiter started sounding down. I already know what's up. Mm. So she told me that. You know the manager liked me, but the, they were looking for a more senior person, like a oh. more senior engineer in that role. So, Man. you know, I was talking to her like, um, if you guys were looking for a senior engineer, you should have told me. Yeah, like why even tease right? you like that? Like they knew what you were, they knew who, what you were about. That's that sucks, man. Gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm still middle level engineer. So, you know, I, I let it go. It was fine. It was a learning experience for me. Um, right, real quick, I, which, uh, someone's asking, which coding language were they looking for when you were applying? So, when, basically, they put Python and C++ mm. on there. Um, but, I mean, you're allowed to code on any language, you know. So, but, it doesn't matter. You just have to know how to do something in some language. So they, they, they pretty much ask you which language you want. So you get to choose which language you want. And then when you choose, you start writing on that language. But I mean, Python is pretty much um, the most popular. Mm -hmm. So we, that went by, I, I let it go. Uh, I faced my job and, you know, started studying again. And every time, like I told you the last time, I go for a lot of interviews. I like going for interviews because it keeps <laughs> yeah. me sharp. We're the same it, way. It, yeah. <laughs> it, lets, it lets me know what the employers are looking for, the skills that are hot in the market. See, now and you then, shouldn't feel bad because, you know, Google just interviewed you just to see what you were like. And you're doing this to all these other companies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So How does it feel? Pretty much did the same thing to me. And I, I took it well. I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, maybe the next time I go back, um, it, it's going to work out. So I let it go. It was about a month after that. I got an email from Amazon 
So let me um, take you back a little bit how the, um, the whole Amazon stuff started. That was on the side. Um, I was talking about Google this whole time because that was my focus. That was what I was studying for. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work for Google, right? Were you, um, were you GCP certified as well? I wasn't GCP certified. My, my thought process into it is that I know that um, GCP, AWS, Azure, there is still a network somewhere that somebody needs to manage. Totally true. Yep. So um, I was thinking about going on the back end, you know, and doing what I love to do. Um, so which is network engineering and actually playing with pockets. And I know now we do it with automation, but you still somebody still has to be back there. Um, so sometime last year, I think around June, one of my study session um, on Python. I wrote this tool, just a CLI tool. Um, I, I forgot pretty much the function of the tool, but I posted it on LinkedIn, right? Um, it was just something simple. So some manager at Amazon saw it and he reached out. He actually sent me a DM and he's like, if you're doing stuff like this, you should come work for us. What? Okay, that's that's amazing. So, okay, okay. Let's backtrack a bit. I want to I unpack that for a second because that's... It's what I try to tell people, and I think it's a good idea, but we never know, like, how's it going to pan out? But, man, you're you're doing this. You're writing your own little code to do something, and you said it was, like, not a crazy thing, right? Like, I mean, how many lines yeah. of code would you say it was? I mean, it, it was pretty much long line. This was maybe, I'll say, 300 lines of code. Okay. It was something. It's not like a sophisticated tool. It was still on CLI. There was no front end. But, I mean, it has function. And so so, so, you, so you wrote this thing and you just posted on LinkedIn, kind of like a, yeah. a same way of putting on GitHub or whatever, and you got yeah. noticed, which is like, that's that's amazing. So guys, if you're like wanting to get noticed, this is what you do. Don't wait for uh, uh, some, uh, an application, don't wait for a job to come looking for you. Do stuff right now and put it out there. They're paying attention. So anyways, keep going. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, so he sent me a DM and he told me if you're doing stuff like this and you really, really like it, you should come work for us. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally down for that. <laughs> so he he hooked me up with um, the recruiter and his team. He reached out to me. We started talking. We set up meetings. And then um, I did the interview, the phone interview, and it didn't go well. They said no Ooh. again. Oh man, rejection city. But I mean, we know it ended well, so we, we can at least be kind of optimistic. So anyways, continue. Yeah, so they, they actually bounced me again and he, they pretty much said, uh, my automation skills are not where they want it. So they would have to like decline. And I was like, okay, you gotta keep working, right? Um, so I continued working. I So after that scenario, I pick interest on Amazon. Mm, so you're After like, you, you were in love with Google for a while, you guys courted, and then they just kind of rejected yeah. you totally. So you're like, you know what? Amazon's looking real pretty right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my, I, I picked interest on Amazon, and I really started applying like every two months. I just send, send out an application. You know, they look at it, and then I go back there. They, they, I just see that it's no longer under review. I leave it alone. I start, started studying and, you know, kept doing what I was doing and still going to work and coming back. You know, um, at that point, I, I think I took the AWS Solutions Architect exam. 
after mm-hmm. a long while of study and I didn't pass it. Mm. I'm like, this this cloud thing is not working for me. <laughs> 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 I probably should stay on my lane, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So um I continued studying, doing Linux Python and network engineering and you know, just um doing stuff at work and coming back home. But the good thing that kept me afloat is that throughout this period that all this was happening, I was seriously studying for the CCIE. So my my networking core was always fresh. Like I had it down mm. pat. So I was always studying. So, and and, and I, I want to pause there for a sec. I know, I know you hit on that yeah. last time and, and I, I want to just uh, harp on that because it's so important. You're a CCMP certified guy and you are doing yeah. advanced networking stuff every single day, but you go back to your basics and you review that stuff because let's, let's face it, yeah. everything in the CCNA, especially the new one, we're not going to touch every day. And if we don't touch it, yeah. we forget it. So it's, it's so cool that you, um, I think it's, it's, yeah. it's humility to go back and review that stuff because most people are like, Oh, well, I've got my CCNA, I got my CCMP. I'm not going to go back and touch that stuff. And it's, yeah. it's disciplined. I love that. I mean, even to today, somebody might just throw you like a submitting question and you got to think of, think about it for a while, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> because it's been long, you, you did submitting and you got to like put two and two together to actually um, figure out what this guy is talking about, right? Um, so while I was doing this, I was studying for the CCIE, I kept my networking knowledge fresh and I applied for, uh, to Amazon. I, five times so the four My times goodness that's persistence the first man time, <laughs> the first I time it. i didn't pass the interview the other three hours actually declined i didn't even get a call back oh so when i came back from texas i saw an, uh, a post from amazon on linkedin so i just applied for the job i had my resume always ready to go so i sent it out and then around me, I think it was three weeks later, I got a, um, an email saying, oh, they want to talk to me and this and that. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Let's do it. And being that I was coming back fresh from Google, all that um, time that I put in preparing for the Google interview, going to the whiteboard session, doing all the coding stuff that they had to do, um, nothing was scary to me anymore about mm. interviewing for those kinds of companies right so i was i didn't even like with google i would give like maybe one month notice to prepare and get ready for the interview i think i did uh, a, a week i told him let's go let's let's do it next week so we scheduled the phone interview next week um you know we had the phone interview that went well they invited me for the on-site, which was virtual this time because of uh, COVID-19. Right, right. So I, I, I couldn't go to the site, uh, actually on-site, it was virtual. So that day came, we hopped on um, Amazon Chime. It's like a video stuff that we use internally. Um, mm, no idea, I didn't even know there was a thing, that's pretty cool. Amazon Chime, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's the video application, so I hopped on. Um, so at this session, I, I'm going to like, you know, deep dive a little bit into what the interview process looks like. It, it's not like your everyday regular interview. 
that you go, you know, they ask you a couple of BGP questions, OSPF mm-hmm. and this and that. Um, it's nothing like that. You have to actually um, back up everything you say with a real project. It's not really? about, it's not about, you know, you did traffic engineering, um, I did local preference, I did this. No, it's not about what you know is, have you done this before? Like, where have you like done something like this before? So if you sit, if you stick it on your resume, they want you to actually walk through what it looked like for you to do that. Yes. So what, what they're looking for is somebody who can actually lead a project, any type of project, small, big, large, right? Um, they need somebody who can talk through of what you've actually done. If you say you know Linux or you know Python, you've worked with Python, you've designed this network, um, you you should be able to talk to, through the process of you know initiating the project, um, getting through approvals, getting supplies of, of the equipment, actually um, preparing the the data, and all the stuff that you need, need to do. And then if you wrote a tool to help your organization do something, you have to be able to like talk through stuff like that, mm. and then. You know, one thing that I noticed is that um, people who come into network engineering now um, have to know that, I mean, things are changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Now, at my job, I use Git more like I'm a software engineer. I'm not even a software engineer, but every time I'm on Git, because you're either reviewing code or you're sending code for somebody to review. That's you crazy. Know, it's, it's it's crazy the, to be using Git and be using code the way you are, but you're not a software engineer, which is funny because like yes. that to me that to me is a software engineer. <laughs> but it's, it's just it's an interesting world we live in now. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, so I had um, at the interview I had uh, five sessions. Um, one one is your leadership um, um, interview. One is going to be the coding session. Two is going to be networking, and one is about automation, like, you know, tools like Linux and stuff like that. So the networking piece, right? Mm -hmm. People hear network development engineer, and then, you know, they studied the whole big part of networking, the MPLS, BGP, OSPF, all that good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you get asked something as simple as, you know, I wouldn't go into details, but um, how does, you know, traceroute work? Hmm. And, and you're looking like you need to explain how, I know you use traceroute every day, but how does it really work, right? So you have to be ready for, you know, the most fundamental question you can um, think about in terms of networking. So did they ask you like the higher, uh, what we consider the higher level questions or do they stay low like that? Just how do you explain no, the basics? They don't, they don't stay low. They start with the low. Okay. They, they literally go from layer one to layer four real fast. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. So I, I know you can't give us too much information, but can you give us yeah. maybe a sneak peek of what one of the harder questions might've been that you got? 
I mean, um, like one thing I gotta say is that everything you say would be used against you. <laughs> Court kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> so if you talk about you did a BGP project, you should be ready to teach the interviewer BGP and how it is done and what is used for. And if, even though I did the virtual on-site interview, I had a whiteboard. They have an application that you can actually draw what you're saying on the whiteboard over um, the video chat. So you piece out all the design and everything that you are talking about that you did in the past, how you achieved it, and you know how it's going to benefit Amazon as a company and what, how much value you can add. So one thing to emphasize is um, technologies like Git, mm -hmm. Linux, Python, um, fundamentals of networking, routing protocols, um, traffic engineering, um, all the layer two switching stuff. Um, so the big deal is you don't, you don't have to attach yourself to a particular vendor. Mm. They, they want you to know networking as just networking. Mm -hmm. It's not about Cisco. It's not about Juniper. You know, so so they're not asking you to like, what's the CLI command to configure BGP on a Cisco router? They're not asking you that kind of stuff. They're just asking you, no, like, no. how does BGP actually work? Yeah, how, how does, because when you get on the real network, you're not going to say, oh, I have to just work with Cisco devices because I'm a Cisco guy, <laughs> right? Because Cisco has to integrate with Juniper. And so you have to know the standard stuff, mm. like how networking works together, no matter what vendor it is. Um, it was a very rough interview, I would say again, because um, there was a lot of questions, there was a lot of deep diving. Um, they had a lot of, you know, they, they peel back everything you say to make sure that you really, really understand what you're talking about. How many people were you talking to at this point? Was it like two, three people? No, for the virtual interview, you have one person at a time for okay. every every um, session that you have. Oh, that's not too bad. I'm thinking like it's like an inquisition, like, like four people, like ah, that, that's that'd be stressful. No, but. you just have one person, you know, deep diving into everything you say out of your mouth, and they want to ask you like some follow up questions and follow up questions. And another thing that is huge with Amazon is the, you know, the start method that people, you know, the situation, the task that you were talking about and what the action that you took to actually resolve um, the situation and the task at hand. Okay. Um, yeah. So they, this is what is big. And apart from, aside from all that, what I want people to actually know is... I had this fear myself of not even thinking about applying to Amazon. Because mm -hmm. when I when I look at the job description, I'm like, no, I'll, I'll stay where I am. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine what it looked like. If it's a network development engineer, they probably listed yeah. so like it was a laundry list of things they wanted. You're like, I know what that is. I couldn't do it. It's, that's scary, right? Yeah. Yeah, so people shouldn't be scared about, you know, applying for um, positions like that. 
but I mean, you need to have some level of knowledge to actually pass, get through the interview because it's easy to apply. But then getting a call back is one thing. Getting through the phone screen is another one. And then actually passing the, the on-site interview, which is the, the biggest deal. And I think the phone screen as well, it's, it's a one-on-one phone call, but they get to ask you a lot of questions because you're actually talking to somebody that is going to be your team. Mm. So they, they're doing it to make sure that who they're bringing in their team is going to add value to, because they don't want to cog in the wheel. Right, right. right. So it, it so sounds so intense. To, I mean, my goodness. So you you had the you, you applied like twenty thousand times, five times, uh, <laughs> and you're rejected a lot, which shows your perseverance. I mean, people will, people will get down like just after one rejection, think, "Oh, I'm a terrible network engineer. I'm, I can't do anything. I'm so stupid." No, it's just there's a lot of people out there applying for things. There's standards that these companies have, and I got to do a study a bit more. So. Five times you applied, you finally got the, the interview, got the phone screen, got past that. Then you had these the, the, the five different levels of uh, sessions you had to go through. It was a networking and the coding session and leadership. And what were the other ones? The uh, automation, the tooling piece is called the tool, like where you get to um, show your Linux experience. Goodness gracious. my. Okay. That's so many skills we have to know. And I, I love that what we talked about last time is totally applicable to now. Like you really do need to learn yeah. all these things. If you want to, I mean, sure. If you want to stay in your lane, stay at a smaller company and you're happy, that's fine. But if you want to work for one of the bigger companies in advance and work for Google, mm-hmm. Amazon, whatever, this is what it takes. Um, so walk us through what, what was the end result? So you finished the five <laughs> death sessions of, of, of power, whatever you want to call them. And uh, how soon after did you know that you got the job? So um, when I finished the interview, I was um, confident, but I was like, whatever, because Google already put a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't go celebrate now, but I, I know I did well, and I, I knew that I know what I was talking about. And so I waited for, uh, I think, two weeks, and then I already forgot that I did that interview. <laughs> I literally forgot. So because you were already on to the next was, thing, right? Like you're like, whatever. That's I'm just I'm not gonna yeah. hear back. Let's do this thing. Let's let's I go mean, to the next thing. The, the good thing is that I, I had leverage. I had a job. I had a very good job, right? So it's fine. At mm. that point, it's okay. So so when I got the call and she was, um, you know, the crew to tell you like we want to move forward with you. Congratulations. I'm like, wow. Finally. That's so cool. That's awesome, Finally. man. So first of all, congrats. Like that's a huge feat, especially to hear the path you've taken, like to, to how we spoke last time. And I know how hard you got to that, how hard you worked to get to that point. And now here you are, you're actually a network development engineer for Amazon. That's a huge company. Now I saw a few comments here. Um, they asked, uh, they, they kind of asked about the details of the benefits and the salary, which I know you can't tell too much about that. <laughs> but I, I guess some of the yeah. questions I can ask is, is it worth it? Is it is it what you expected or more? It's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. And you know, you you have a lot of leverage. You have a lot of you know space to negotiate. Like I'm pretty much big on telling people to um, know your worth and know when to say no and when to say yes. 
and know what is good for your family because you have to explain to your wife why you're doing what you're doing if you're married right <laughs> yes you have to like, <laughs> it helps think a little about bit your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think about your family as well to make sure that you're making the right decision um because i live in seattle now so i moved from the east coast to the west coast wow so that's a big move that's a big yeah. move so how, how do you like it so far yeah, I love it out here. It, it rains a lot. Um, it's always gray. Um, it's not <laughs> a lot of sun. Um, yeah, but I, I love it. So you, you guys should know that it was very good for me to move from East Coast to the West Coast. That's awesome. So, so you're you're at yeah. Amazon. You're you're making a uh, billion dollars a year. I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> We're gonna assume that because it was worth it for you. Um, what what does it even mean to be a development engineer for Amazon or a network development engineer? Because like, I know a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, I understand the skills, Linux, Python, whatever. But what are you doing on a daily basis? What, what does that even look like? So like you already know, Amazon has billions of customers. Like when you talk about Amazon Cloud, um, I usually try to explain to people that the cloud is not hanging in the air, like you see the real cloud. <laughs> um, these are actually network devices somewhere that Amazon owns, and they're telling you, don't buy this stuff. Just run a connection to us, and we do the heavy lifting, and you can focus on your business. And don't worry about this. We got you. Mm -hmm. So... What we do on a daily basis is to maintain those promises and, you know, maintain the trust for the reliability of the network and, you know, making sure that the customer is up and running all the time, 24-7. Um, it's called five nines, right? Mm -hmm. Those five nines. I almost said it right before you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so five nines. So as a network development engineer at Amazon, you have a tiny little um, space to make mistake because the blast radius is too much, right? You, you're you touching something that affects billions of people. It's so crazy, you have yeah. To, you have to really know what you're doing to um, get those clearances to even get on the network. And apart from getting the interview, passing the interview and coming into the company, you still have to go through some um, trainings internally that you have to like pass and get certified before you can be able to actually work in some stuff on the network. Wow. So question though. So I know you talked about earlier that you, you just, you love network engineering. That's your bread and butter. And I understand yeah. that completely. Um, mm -hmm. Did you end up going and finishing your AWS solutions architect associate exam or did you, do you still not have that one? Mm -hmm. Or do you no, even plan I mean, to get that? I didn't, I didn't get, get back to finish it, but you know, I still have the knowledge and I talked through it during my interview as well. I mentioned it and I'll let them know that I actually failed the interview, but I studied for the exam um, because I work in AWS networking. So at some point during my day-to-day -day interaction with um, people, these are people who work with VPCs, EC2, and all the buzzwords that you hear. So mm -hmm. me be, having studied for those exams when I'm talking to, um, you know, the solutions architects in the company and the program managers, 
uh, about this um, cloud stuff, I get what they're saying. Because the work that I'm doing is to make sure that those services are interacting and working the way the customer wants it to work and making sure that it's in line with Amazon, what Amazon told people that their cloud is going to do and make so, sure that it's doing the same thing. I've got about a billion questions and I know we can't get to all of them, but <laughs> this is yeah. this is crazy because I'll, most of us, including me, know Amazon at the service level. Like I know EC2, I know VPCs and all that but you're not really working with clicking and dragging and dropping in the portal. You're making sure the stuff underneath connects and works and that's good old yes. networking. That's good old network automation. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit of what that looks like without getting yourself in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know so, it's, it's classified. Uh, like what are they using Juniper? Yeah. Are they using Cisco? Are they using their own stuff? Like what does it look like? I mean, um, what I can say, um, I can't give the, you know, the market share of the vendors, but what I can say is that what Amazon wants you to know is what networking is. They don't care about the vendor. Mm -hmm. So once you understand the basics and the advanced levels of networking, you're good to go. If you know how to configure BGP on um, Cisco device and you understand BGP properly, you can Google the Juniper command. And I think Juniper even has a tool where you can convert the Cisco command into Juniper command. Mm. And you go ahead and paste it on your device. But the problem is you have to understand what you're pasting, the bottom line, like what are you copying? What are you trying to do? What problem are you trying to solve? Um, so, so, so I'm trying to read between the lines here. So you are working like so Amazon. Like I know Google has their like their own equipment. They they actually white box and create. Does Amazon do the same kind of thing, or do they work with just yeah, other vendors? Yeah, uh, we work with other vendors. We have our homegrown tools and you know and um, commodities uh, hardware, which is owned by Amazon with its own operating system and everything. I would love just to so, see that stuff. My <laughs> gosh, <laughs> you got to be a kid in the candy store right now. It's got to be so fun. <laughs> yeah, I used to think like that. You know, when I was, you know, preparing for the Google interview, some people mentioned to me, "Oh, they have this white box that is made by Google. That it doesn't have any attachment with Cisco and Juniper." So I was looking forward to actually um, see what that stuff looks like. But through, through Amazon has their own stuff. Every company is trying to, you know, save costs and making sure they're doing what is right for them. Um, but you still get to see on the, uh, other vendors as a player in the network. So the bottom line is knowing your stuff. So the device is the device. The Cisco um, CLI is Juniper, Junos is Junos, iOS is iOS, mm -hmm. but BGP is still BGP, OSPF is still OSPF. What business uh, problem are you trying to solve? That, that is basically their bottom line. So um, this might be a question you can't answer, but I'm curious. So we know networking and all that entails. What is involved in the layers in between to get it to become the, the infrastructure for the cloud? So when I create a VPC, what's the fabric? What's the overlay making that happen in the hardware and everything? <laughs> and you probably can't tell me, can you? <laughs> So, uh, 
you you talking about um, classified stuff, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't get into that too much. Where what how Amazon does their stuff and what we do and how we actually deliver the services. Because what did Amazon promise? Like, don't worry about the networking, right? Because right mm-hmm. now you're worrying about the networking. Just. <laughs> I'm worried. I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Mind your business. But one thing I got to say is you don't get to do Conf T or get on the CLI and do nothing in Amazon. Mm, So it's all automation. It's all through programmability. It's not not possible. That's probably going to be your last day if you try something like that. (laughs) <laughs> so you never so if you the day you ssh into a device the alarms go off and they just they ship you no, out the I box mean, or something you, you can ssh into a device it's allowed but you don't get to do configuration manually on the device so on a live device at least and I, I'm, I'm gonna ask one more question you can't answer um as far as their software defined networking is it proprietary or is it a vendor that we might know and love um it is proprietary. Okay, okay, and that, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I assume because they they've been doing automation do before our, automation was cool. Yeah, we do our own stuff, and um, the, the the cloud is pretty much it, it's called direct gateway, right? Um, I can't get too much into it, but we I haven't seen anything like you know other vendors um, cl- um, software defined networking. Um, I know that everything. Amazon has a whole bunch of homegrown tools. That's what I can say. So there's a mm. tool for everything you want to do in Amazon. So and there's a wiki. There's a wiki that you gotta read to know how to do, um, use the tool or watch a video. So if you like um, ping a colleague and tell him, "Oh, I'm trying to um, shut some ports on a device." They tell you like you have to use this tool, and they push the wiki out to you, and you have to read the wiki, and then that's where your Linux skills come in because you have to actually go on the CLI and type some commands that has to go do that stuff for you and give you the report. And why why is that done? Because if you just go on the box because you wanna do it and go shut down um, a port, you might not know what that port is doing for somebody else so what the tool does is to make sure that everything is clear for everybody and make sure that what you're doing is what is not going to break the network interesting I mean, so, so it's got like error it. checking and everything built into yeah, these you tools. have a lot of free checks post checks and a whole lot of checks that has to go through before you actually um shut or unshut a port um you have to give a reason why you need to do that Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, let's. I'm gonna go a bit. I guess maybe macro than micro with my questioning here. Um, and let me know if I'm I'm being too forward with because I don't want to get you in trouble with your <laughs> job. But I mean, we're all dying to know what's it like to work on the Amazon cloud. Um, as far as a network development engineer, what what would you best describe as your day to day like? What are you actually doing? Because I mean, it's not CLI, so a lot of the network guys are like, okay, if it's not CLI, then what are you doing? What is it you're working with day to day? So my, my day-to-day depends on the, the project that I'm working on. Um, right now, I'm working on a migration project, um, moving our connections, our data center connection, 
used to be an L3 VPN. We're moving it away to another service that is created inside Amazon. So we have to, I'm working on that migration right now. And this is not something you go on the device and you um, type commands or copy and paste commands. You have to actually plan from the beginning till end on how everything is going to work. And there's already a tool that you can use to do it, but you have to one, know how to use the tool um, to understand the command that goes on the device that the tool is going to push and what the, the impact of the command that you're going to push. So my day-to-day -day involves um, going through that process of preparing what the tool is going to do for me, um, doing, you know, you have to do some git commands to make sure that um, everything um, is in the repository the way it's supposed to be. Um, it's clear for the whole, everybody, the, the other network development engineers to make sure that, oh, they can see you're working on this device. Oh, this is the change that you pushed. Oh, this is what you're trying to do. Mm. And you don't, you don't just go and do your stuff by yourself, by yourself, right? When you finish what you want to do, you got to push to somebody else to actually look through what you're trying to push. Even though um, uh, a tool is going to do it for you, we have to still go through what is called a code review. So mm. your team member or more senior engineer has to look through what you're trying to push and then you get the approval. And when you get that approval, you have to go to your manager, you get an approval, and then you get you go through the, it's called the L3. These are the top tier engineers. They You have to get on a call and explain to them why you're doing this and what you're trying to do. And That's then crazy. They, poke, they poke into the question, ask you like, questions to really understand that you know what you're about to do and if that goes through they give you the approval and then you can go execute your stuff what which comes back to linux because you have to go on the cli and you know type some command to execute any change that you want to um, do on the network Interesting. so that's huh <laughs> So, so when, when you when you say a tool, I know some people might come to mind like, oh, maybe it's like a, a GUI tool or something. But no, it's like it's command line tools that they might be like a, a programmed tool. It's using code, but you still have to know how to interact with Linux and inter interact the file system and everything, right? Yeah, I mean, um, some some you get a, a GUI, but then in the GUI, the GUI works with the CLI, um, the file system, like you just mentioned you have to know how to maneuver the file systems on Linux and how to find what you're looking for. And like Git is so important in Amazon. I can't even emphasize it enough. And if you guys don't know what Git is, basically a way to, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm still fairly new to it, but it's just a way to push and pull your code and kind of keep it organized and, and make sure you're doing it in a programmatic way and how software developers kind of manage their code. You're not just applying yeah. things and hitting enter. You're, it's going through a process, right? Yeah, so I don't think um, any day of my life working um, at Amazon, I'm mostly always like get doing something and get trying to pull something or push something or commit something and you know so um it's a lot of gig going on there's a lot of linux going on um the the python piece um i haven't really dived into it yet interesting so it's been um, mostly git this, and linux this is my first uh five months 
why I haven't dived into the Python piece that much is because, like I said, most of these tools are already written. Mm. You have a whole bunch of templates that you can use um, to do your job. So what happens is um, you as a network engineer, why we are called network development engineers is that our actual job is to develop the network. How do you develop the network is to find out loopholes on the network, what is not working well, and prefer a solution, how we can make this better for the customer. And that's where the Python piece comes in. If you find a problem that you want to solve, you have to do it programmatically. So you have to write a code and come up with a tool. Or maybe you have customers that you um, do. When I say customers, there are people who still work for Amazon, right? They might be solutions architects, uh, system engineers. You know, they're coming from other departments. We regard them as customers. So if, if you're doing something for them, um, I mean, as a network development engineer, you, they don't want you to do something repeatedly for a long time. So if you do something like five times, find a way to automate it and ship it. Teach the other people how to do it, push it to them, and go on to the next thing. Interesting. So, 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 so I mean, you at your, I don't know what level you're at, but what level do you have to be at to say, okay, I'm going to develop a Python script for this function. Can anyone just do that? Yes, I, that's what you're here for as a network development engineer. Okay, you okay. Find a, you find a problem, you either send an email or you talk, you talk about it with your manager on your one-on-one meeting with them. Um, you talk about it in the team meeting and, you know, they ask you questions. Everybody try to un- understand why you want to do what you're, you're proposing and if it's going to be beneficial to the company. And if all that goes through, your manager is going to really support you to get that going, um, to, you know, start the project or whatever it is and get it going. And you're going to get noticed for doing that. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting um, that you guys write your own tools. Now, I, this kind of goes into this question I have from Christian Martin. He says, uh, since Amazon deploys very large infrastructure, what DevOps tools do they use? Is it Ansible, Puppet, Chef, Terraform? Do you all use any of that? Um, in, in my department, I haven't seen um, Ansible. I mean, um, I'm in the networking piece. I mean, the DevOps tools, the, the maybe the solutions architects, the system engineers, hmm. um, I haven't really looked into what they're doing because I'm still onboarding and trying to, you know, find my feet in the company. I'm just, um, I think, five months in. Um, it's still a lot, a lot of trainings that doesn't have anything to do with networking. There's a way people that work in Amazon, there are things that you need to know that is aside from networking. So it's a whole bunch of training that I'm going through and studying for Juniper on the side. So letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, um, coming from a Cisco background, and then get into Amazon, um, I had a huge awakening that everything is not all about Cisco, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't tell us that. <laughs> so I, I noticed that life is not all about Cisco. I mean, uh, one of my mentors has always told me, uh, CyberZeus, he always told me, like, dude, you got to learn Juniper stuff. And... You know, I didn't take a source. Uh, sometime March this year, I, you know, studied for the JNCIA 
and I passed the exam because it was uh, it wasn't like difficult like the CCNA mm. because they pretty much hope that you have the CCNA level of knowledge. It's just learning how to do the same thing on Juniper, right? On Juniper, yeah. So when I got to Amazon, I noticed that, you know, you have to like really dive into Juniper. Because when I SSH into the device, I I look at it, I'm like, this is not Cisco. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Uh, We're not in Kansas anymore. That's okay. Um, So that's interesting. So I, I, I want I want to dive into that first uh, real quick. But uh, first, I want to ask. Um, so as a network development engineer at Amazon, what would you say are the top three skills you think make you good there? And I know, I know you have a team you work with too. What are some skills you see that they your team uses? Because I know you're still fairly new, like five months in at a large company like this, you're still getting your feet wet. It's crazy. Yeah. So what are the what are the main tier skills you think are invaluable in what you do day to day? So the the biggest skill I think anyone should have coming to Amazon is uh, problem solving skills. Mm. You got to be ready to solve a whole bunch of problems, and you need to have a very solid troubleshooting skill. Um, in terms of networking, in terms of you know anything, just looking at a Python code or a Jinja template or a Linux command and trying to figure out what it does. Um, all that stuff you're going to meet day to day because nobody really has that time to, you know, sit down and walk you through anything. Um, right. They pretty much send you a wiki or a video to watch and you find your way. So that's how Amazon is. I, I was told that that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I thought, you know, you're going to have um, onboarding buddy, it's called. Uh, you think the person is going to, you know, walk you through day to day. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. It's not like that. Um, so coming to Amazon, you got to have that problem solving skills by yourself, um, knowing how to figure out stuff on your own. Because when you go to somebody with a problem, their follow-up question is, what have you tried? Mm. Have you tried this? Have you done this? Have you done that? Have you done this? And if you haven't checked all that boxes, you, you're gonna um, not look cool. I mean, you're not trying to look cool, but you you don't want to look stupid at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I mean, like every <laughs> every interaction you have with your coworkers tells something about yourself, and that's gonna d- yeah. really set the tone for who you are at your company. You don't want to be an idiot. <laughs> like that's you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that guy when you ping somebody. They'd be like, "Oh my God, he's oh, here he's, again!" With yeah, you don't want to be the guy that everyone's talking about, right? <laughs> he, he's he's here with another problem, so you have to really dive into the problem. And when you're at your wit's end, then you can ask for help. And so I mentioned problem solving and troubleshooting skills. Linux is very very important because um, I think fifty percent. I'd say 40% of stuff that we do is done with Linux commands. Man, so, that's crazy. So Linux is very important for, and, you know, by scripting, it's a very important skill to have um, coming to Amazon. And, you know, Python, Jinja templating, um, the networking piece, which is very important, and then Git knowing how to use git because you can literally break a whole lot of stuff if you don't know how to use git 
So when you're when you're pushing code out via Git, is it just in Jinja templates? Is that what we're we're talking about? I mean, how do how does the actual configuration of the device look? If so, you're not if you're not um, doing CLI. So what what happens is that um, the the templates are already there. You know, you can do your Jinja templates, and you have like YAML files that has the variables that is also generated from another repository. So all the stuff is already arranged. You just have to know how to move them around. And these are all just custom uh, programs <laughs> they've built in Linux that manage this. It's not, it's not Ansible. <laughs> Ansible does that kind of stuff, right? But it's all custom, right? Yeah, it's custom. It, it's not. Um, so that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Like um, I had somebody go, um, you know, I, I got a call. Somebody called me. He was talking about, oh, I got this interview with Amazon. And, you know, I'm going for a network development engineer, asked me several questions. I told him what I can tell him. So he told me, so I asked him, um, are you good with automation? He said, I've done something with NetMiko, Napalm, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I told him, dude, no, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> that's just CLI <laughs> with Python, man. <laughs> uh. Because nobody, nobody's gonna ask you anything about Napalm. I don't think so, um, because you're not gonna have um, access to Napalm on your code, um, so, uh, your coding session. It's just raw white coding sheet that you just coding on. You can't include NetMiko anywhere. You can't include Napalm anywhere. You have to like do stuff with regular Python coding. So it's not about Ansible or NetMiko or Napalm. That's crazy, man. Now, I have a question from uh, Jeff Hill. I'm going to throw it up here real quick. I know you can't see it, but I'll read it to you real quick. Um, so for someone who's starting like rock bottom and they're fresh, what, and I know you, you probably expected this question from me, what uh, can they do? What can they study right now to become like you? Because, I mean, I, you've probably learned some things that probably don't help you in your job right now. But you probably have learned some things that are, are vital. So what would you say is the yeah. path starting from nothing to get to where you are? So um, starting from nothing to get here, um, CCNA is a very solid foundation for anyone that is um, coming into networking. I mean, people talk about Network Plus. Network Plus is good, but I mean, I would say get your CCNA and try to look into Juniper as well. Don't just stay with Cisco. Try to <laughs> get your Juniper stuff and get the CCNA. Try the CCMP. Um, and then if you can, get to JNCIS, Juniper, JNCIP, because all that comes together. And it You're makes putting a you... lot of emphasis on Juniper. I'm getting a little, little, little yeah. theme here. <laughs> Why? Why? Because, um, you know, dealing with Google and Amazon, I know um, how much Juniper that you got to know. Why, so why do these big companies hate on Cisco, man? Is it just because they're too pricey, or are, do they have a vendetta? I, are they I, are they competitors? Uh, like Cisco kind of gets in the cloud is, world, right? That is way above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like you know stuff though. I feel like there's secrets. That, that decision is way above my pay grade. Right? Okay. <laughs> 
So, um, Jennifer, Cisco, I mean, one thing I tell people is um, I get a lot of messages, people telling me, oh, I see people passing the CCNA every day on CCMP and I'm stuck on this stuff. I can't. Um, it's like it's not moving. So I told one of the guys, uh, you know, he actually messaged me on Twitter. I told him it's not about how fast you passed it. It's about what you actually know. How much information did you get from that process? Are you actually a network engineer or you just have a CCNA? Yeah, I mean, it's totally doesn't matter how fast you go. And I, I always tell people, I mean, if you end up failing it and then you go back and pass it, I feel like you end up knowing more because you had to study it again and know it even better. Um, yeah, th th there's a big difference between passing your CCNA and then knowing the stuff in the CCNA. There is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I, I failed my switch exam, one of the CCMP exams. And I went back after two weeks and I passed it. And, you know, it was just a learning process for me. So I tell people it's, it's not about being scared of, oh, am I going to pass? Or am I going to fail? It's about what you're actually learning because it's what, what you know is what is going to pay you. It's not your CCNA certificate or your CCMP um, certificate that is going to pay you. I, I, I don't think any company has ever asked me to bring my CCNA certificate to show them. Interesting. Nobody has asked me for that. They just want to see it on your resume. Nobody's going to confirm if you actually have it. They'll know if you if you have it when they talk to you. So That's it's not point. about the paper. They, they'll just know if, if you're that guy or not. Interesting. So, like, uh, the CCM, when you get the CCMP and the JNCI... E or JNCIS or whatever you choose to do, just learn Juniper. You might not even um, write the certification if you don't want to. Just know how to do that stuff. Um, the certification gives you a lot of visibility. It makes people um, look at your profile and actually want to talk to you. Because when you don't have them and you don't have any experience to show, people don't actually know where to place you or start a conversation with you in terms of um, a network engineering job. So it's like something that separates you from the pack. Oh, I studied for this thing. I went through the process and I have the certification to show for it. Um, so when you get that down, you can dive into automation because it's not going anywhere. Hmm. Even though most of the companies are not using it yet, but they are going to start using it very, very soon. And a lot of companies are already um, doing it because the the larger the company becomes, the larger it, it becomes to manage the configurations. Oh yeah, and, and they and they, and, can't, they can't afford to keep hiring network engineers. They have to get to a <laughs> point where they have just got, you know, maybe the three they have and let's automate yeah. some things. And visibility into operations and, you know, making changes on the network um, you know, I used to talk to somebody about having engineers come in at night to make changes on the network. Um, sometimes you don't have to go in physically if you have your network automated. So you can pretty much do it from anywhere. You know, companies are coming out with zero-touch provisioning. All that stuff leads back to um, automation. So in the automation piece, I think 
um, people should look into Git, Linux, um, Python. Python is my favorite language. Um, I see a couple of job descriptions or the skills required for some of these um, high-end jobs. Um, they mention Go, uh, Python. Go is actually from Google. Mm-hmm. Um, Go language, um, Python, um, Perl, and then C++. Interesting. So this, these four are the ones that I've seen um, times and times again. So, so, so the core skills you you've listed so far that are kind of outside the typical networking realm. Cause I mean, it's easy. It's kind of easy to go. Okay, I want to become a network engineer, CCNA, JNCIA. Like you, we've got it mapped out for us. When you go beyond mm-hmm. that to automation skills, it gets kind of gray into what you should do. And I know we have DevNet and stuff now, but what would you recommend for someone to start going down to the Git and automation skills? So um, you can start with you know learning Bash scripting. And for you to learn Bash scripting, I think you should get a good foundation of Linux. So when you get a good foundation of Linux, you can go into um, Bash scripting. And once you start doing that and diving deeper into Linux, when you get to the stage of trying to learn Python, it's going to be way easier for you because you've done most of the logics and Bash. You, it becomes easier for you to like pick up Python because um, you get to do if, then, and else. You get to do all that stuff on Bash. And then you come to Python, and then you start applying those skills as well. So um, Bash scripting, Linux, Python, and then Git is very important. And then start learning about APIs, how APIs work and REST APIs, how they interact, how the API that Juniper uses, the one that Cisco uses, how do you talk to this device programmatically? So once you've learned the basics of Python, now you can work with Python. You can read the Python code. You can understand what it does. Um, You can write some Linux commands to do what you need to do. Um, Because anything you do once, you should uh, find a way to automate it because you don't want to keep doing it the same time. Mm. Like the favorite example is going to 50 devices to paste configuration, one configuration on 50 devices, or telling a script to pull it from this file and go paste it on 50 devices. Mm-hmm. So you might do 20 minutes against two weeks. So pr- practically, so using that example, um, I know a lot, of, a lot of sources will say, okay, use Ansible to do that. Um, use uh, NetMiko to do that. From the perspective of what real automation looks like in a business, I know we have um, Cisco's platforms and Juniper has their own stuff. For and then from Amazon's perspective, ah, can't talk tonight. Perspective, they have their own stuff. So, what would you recommend for someone to actually start trying to use the stuff? What should they start with? What tools should they start to use? Um, what do you when you asking tools? How do you mean? Like I mean, because are they should they learn Ansible or should they should they learn something else to like start automating device configuration? I mean, what I think people should um, focus on is actually um, understanding how Python works. Like the NetMeeker stuff that people use was written by somebody with Python, right? Mm-hmm. Kirk Byers. So, <laughs> Kirk, yeah. Um, so what people need to learn need to learn is how to like come up with your own stuff 
it, it's mm. not always good to reinvent the wheel, but at some point you want to um, create your own solution. So you're saying instead of importing the NetMiko library into your Python code, write what the NetMiko library is already kind of doing, or at least understand what's going on there. Understand how NetMiko does its job. Gotcha. That would gotcha. be a great learning experience for you. How does he actually push the commands? How does he SSH into the device? How can this tool be developed to do something more? What what are, are the shortcomings of NetMiko? What can NetMiko do and what can it not do? And how can I improve this tool on my own to get this done? So while you're studying for your CCNA and whatever certification you're studying for, you try to automate stuff. Um, you have a couple of automation videos. There's a lot of automation videos on YouTube showing, you know, skills on how to um, automate devices. Once you start doing it, you go from there and start developing your skills and doing more stuff with Python. But what I want people to focus on is learning Python as a language, a way, the way a software engineer would think mm. about Python not just for network engineering purposes. Like people jump into it and they want to automate devices, automate devices. After you're done automating devices, what if you don't know what API Juniper is asking for or how to make that interact with your program that you're, or whatever project you're trying to work. So it's a lot of things that goes into it, but it all boils down to Knowing Linux, understanding Python as a language, bash scripting, nobody can take that away from you. You can go pretty much anywhere with having those core foundations. And that's that's excellent advice uh, because you're I mean you're right. You could learn all these different tools, but all those tools are based on what you just said. It's based on Linux. It's based on Python. It's yeah. based on Bash. And if it doesn't matter that those skills will, will feed into any other thing you do. Um, so what, yeah. what are your, for someone who's just starting out, let's say they just got their CCNA or they just got their CCMP. What's your favorite resource to start learning Linux and Python and all this stuff? My favorite Linux is the one that taught me Linux. Um, the way I, I liked it was uh, linuxacademy.com. Mm. I think it's a cloud guru.com. Uh, yeah. I think they yeah, I think so. So that's, that's where I, ha I got so many resources for Linux. And, you know, they, they have you do labs. And I must have posted some of the screenshots when I was studying Linux. And so Linux Academy, it's a very great resource for learning Linux. I think you can get pretty much anything you want about Linux on that website. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, okay. They have the foundation, they have the Linux engineering certificate, anything you want um, so far Linux is concerned, I think you can find it. I believe so. And then uh, for Python, what, what would you say is someone, or where, where should they start? <laughs> so for Python, um, I'd like to help other people because um, what I found in my own experience is that I was stuck on the learning loop. Mm-hmm. I was going from resources to resource, from resource to resource, just learning Python. I'm pretty much doing the same thing, doing the same thing. And when I finish one, I jump to another one. And I'm always feeling like there's something else I need to find out. There's something else I need to find out. But 
what I would say to people is when you go through a book and go through the video and watch a couple of examples, you know, start writing codes, doing your own stuff on your own. Um, think about projects on what, what you want to work on. Look at what somebody already did and try to replicate it. Mm. And, and not try to create anything fancy or anything new. Just take something somebody has done before and do it again. Okay, somebody wrote NetMicro that all of us is where you all of us are using NetMicro. I mean, find out what is on the back end. How how did he come up with this um, great idea? And just dive into a project. Um, one guy that is very good, his training is very good, is Code Steel. Code Steel. Yes, on Udemy. It's C O L T. S T double E L E code still. Okay, I'll look him he up right a, now. He has a Python course that is very, very good that I, I liked. Uh, and then um, when you want to, um, you know, narrow it down to networking, um, our man David Bumble <laughs> was, was my go to, and um, Eric Chow, his book. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. It's Chow or Chu or something. I think it's Chu. Yeah, Eric Chu, yeah. His book was um, another resource. Um, if you want to um, learn about Python and networking. But for just learning Python as a language, Code Steel and Code Academy are the two best resources that I would recommend. Because um, they would um, like expose you to a lot. Yeah, I love Code Academy, um, and I, we talked about this last time too. It's just it's one of those mm-hmm. places that I know you keep going back to. I don't know if you still do that just to yes. learn the basics because they I teach mean, it so well. Yeah, they teach it so well, and you start writing code from the jump, and you write code mm-hmm. until you're done. It's not like you're sitting down watching a video and looking at somebody teach you. Um, they actually make you write code from beginning to end, um, which is a very good learning experience for anybody. So Code Academy is on top of the list when it comes to um, learning Python. Awesome, awesome. So we got Linux, we got Python. Um, now, have you looked, I know this is gonna come up, but the question of DevNet Associate, uh, do you think that would be a good path to go down or have you even looked at, at that much? Because I know you kind of had your skills you were well beyond that by the time the DevNet Associate came out. Yeah, um, I, I looked at the DevNet stuff, and uh, when I was going through the material for the DevNet Associate, I actually stopped halfway because um, it was something I already um, gone through. But the DevNet Associate uh, exam is a good path if you are working on Cisco devices. <laughs> so if you want to work on the big guys, <laughs> avoid Cisco. <laughs> no, I'm not saying avoid Cisco. You don't need to avoid Cisco because there's a whole lot of people still using Cisco. True. Yeah. They still have a very huge market share. So you can never go wrong with Cisco. Um, but for the DevNet, DevNet is very good. Um, it's going to introduce you to a lot of um, um, programming stuff. But the only thing is that they're geared towards um, Cisco devices. That's true. Yeah, you're going to be 
dead center stuck in that uh, Cisco ecosystem, which yeah. can be a good thing because, I mean, Cisco is everywhere. But uh, from what we're hearing now, Juniper is becoming more pervasive in every environment now, which is interesting. And um, and what, and actually, I think it's a good time to talk about But We're, we're going to do some questions here, uh, some super chats that came in. But I do want you to get a chance to kind of talk about your Juniper journey and what you might be doing with uh, releasing some content. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I was talking to you, uh, Chuck, about, you know, starting a YouTube channel. Um, why I want to do it is not because cause I love to study and do what I got to do, but I have a whole lot of stuff doing already. And But when I wanted to learn Juniper, I went on YouTube, I went on different um, learning um, websites, I didn't see um, Juniper resources the way you would find Cisco resources everywhere. Mm, no. Nope. Um, you can go from zero to hundred on Cisco, any pretty much any Cisco technology on YouTube, but you can't do that with Juniper. And you know, now I work for Amazon. You get all that stuff because. You work for Amazon, so you don't have to pay for all that sophisticated training. So you can get like the Juniper internal trainers. I mean, all the people that are partners with Juniper, you can get all that stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm taking those trainings now and I'm preparing for my JNCIS Enterprise. Uh, I have the exam scheduled for the 15th of November. Dang, good luck. Yeah, so, you know, I. I work here now, but it's not time to relax because you have to um, like show that you know what you're doing. Nobody's forcing you to get the JNCIS, but if I'm going to study for something, I might as well write the exam and get the certification. And I was so lucky um, at Juniper Certify paid for my exam. And I'm so grateful to them. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. That was really cool what they did. Yeah, I actually, I was surprised that they did that. And that was very, very cool. And I'm going to make them proud next month because I'm studying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you plan to release, and I, that was you know kind of part of what I, why I started my channel was I, I wanted to see more Cisco stuff out there. And back when I started, not a lot of people on YouTube were talking about studying for your CCNA. Um, so I think it's cool what you're doing with Juniper because Juniper could, could become a huge player in this market. And um, you're right, there's not a lot of stuff out there on Juniper. And when I saw that Juniper was doing their search for free back in uh, the summer, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. There's no resources out there except for what Juniper provides themselves. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing out there. So it'd be really cool to see you produce some stuff for that. That I'll watch it. It sounds awesome because I'm not going to yeah, do it. <laughs> because, because if you go to Juniper Genius, I've actually used it. Um, they prepare you for the exam you get to know all the Juniper terms and you know everything you need to pass the exam. But the real life application and working with Juniper devices, you know, how much deep diving we do with Cisco and labbing and setting up stuff. You, you don't do something that's sophisticated on um, the Juniper Genius website. So I wanna be able to create something in the scale of what Cisco has online with Juniper. That's, that's what I actually want to do. And um, I'm going to start creating those contents next year. 
That's going to be awesome. I'm looking really forward to that because that's that's going to be some. Uh, I, I mean, I think you would have a great talent for YouTube and, and creating content. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, anyways, we have some uh, questions here. This is a great question from uh, DeFury. I want to throw this up here. Let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah, here we go. So this is kind of a question that goes into what we talked about last time. He says, uh, "How do you learn so many things at once? Are you learning anything currently other than tech topics?" That's a good question too. So I know you are a multifaceted learner. You love audiobooks. So I guess you can go into how do you learn multiple tech topics and also non-technical topics. So um, when I started, I, I focused on basically Cisco technologies, um, how to get my CCNA and learn um, Cisco devices and how they work and how to design networks. And a huge shout out to Jeremy Cha. Mm -hmm. He is my virtual mentor. He might not know it, but I still hear his voice in my head because <laughs> he taught me a whole lot when it comes to networking. Um, so at that point, I focused on learning about network engineering, um, did it my CCN and my CCNP. Um, I was doing five hours a, a day, studying for 11 months. Um, to get all that done. Um, so when I finished, I kind of diverted into, you know, doing Python, Linux, and Git, and Cloud. All that stuff comes from time management. Like, I make a timetable. This day, I'm going to be studying for, for AWS this amount of time, and Linux this amount of time. Because at the long run, you will notice that or like where I work now, for instance, everything comes together. You have to do Linux Git um, networking at the same time. Nobody's going to um, let you focus on just networking and let the other guy do Git and let the other guy do Linux. Mm. You have to work with everything at the same time. So all you have to do is to manage your time and a lot of time to different skills that you need to learn um, at every point in time. And when I have an exam scheduled, I have I kind of give it way more time. Right now, I'm focusing on Juniper stuff. I'm doing two hours in the morning and one hour, 30 minutes or two hours in the evening. I love that so discipline. Get, that is so impressive, I, dude. I get four hours a day or maybe sometimes I don't get to do it in the evening. If something runs over, I have to... I have a two-year-old son. I have to like go out with the family. I don't get to meet meet up my four hours go. When I was doing five hours, I didn't have a son, so I had all the time <laughs> in the world to do what I gotta do. But right now, um, sometimes things come up and you gotta do other stuff. But I try to wake up early in the morning and get that two hours or at least three hours in the morning, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, and that's crazy. So, that's still crazy to me because I, I, a lot of people would feel like, man, you're a network development engineer at Amazon. You've arrived, dude. Take a break. Take a breather. But no, nah, you, you keep going because you're keeping your sights on whatever that next step is. It could be, it, it might be Google. Who knows? <laughs> but right because, now, because the the point is, when you um, get on the job in the morning and you have to deal with all the engineers, they ask you questions. You talk every day. So if you're not studying and you get to forget some stuff, um, you might not follow the discussion. So you have to keep up with whatever is going on in your company. So what I'm doing right now is 
what has to do with my job. So I'm not going wide with it anymore. I am going on what is going to make me successful as a network development engineer. Awesome. awesome. So that's what I'm. So that's what I'm focusing on. And then when it comes to learning topics that is not tech, I can't do it at home. I only do that when I'm driving. So you're audible in the car, just keep yeah, keep those. I know. I know you like the leadership books and all the the financial yeah, books and stuff. Yeah, I, I'm big on learning about finances and you know trying to get stuff right. So because you find out that being in tech and you know, making um, the amount of money people make in tech, um, you should be somewhere, you should have a five-year goal, 10-year goal, how you want your money to be, stuff like that. And if you don't have that conversation with yourself, um, you find out that you made X amount of money constantly for 10 years and you can boast for this amount of money in the bank. Where did my money go? So <laughs> yeah. I have, <laughs> and what, I have what a crazy problem this. to have though, right? I mean, like we're so blessed to be in this industry where we, we do make like compared to the world and even just in, in the US, we make crazy amounts of money. And yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a cool problem to have to like, oh, now I have to figure out how to manage all this money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool problem to have. And you know, you have to learn about investing and you know, some people want to retire early some people want to quit their job. I'm not part of the people that want to quit their job. Um, I, I like what I do, and I don't get the pressure of people. You know, people get on this pressure that they don't need to work for somebody. They have to, like, own a business and do this and do that. But, I mean, I'm happy where I am. Um, like my friend always tell me, God has you where he wants you. And if it's time for you to, like move out and do something else you would know and you know and i also talk about multiple streams of incomes and trying to do other stuff but you can literally be at your job and make investments um like a place like america i don't think anything is going to stop you from getting multiple sources of income if you make how much you make on in it Oh, yeah. You can literally invest in anything you want and you have the cash to do it. So it's just about if you want to do it or not. So real quick, uh, what's your favorite finance book right now? Um, it's Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, um, yes. What, what's the I, I, financial piece? Yeah, financial piece, university, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my favorite book. And I, I am actually following every thing that is detailed in that book um he has this thing called uh, seven baby steps mm -hmm. that you follow and i actually finished the baby step three and i'm trying to start the four and five um which is you know planning on investments and planning for your children's college you know saving for college and getting all that stuff set up for the next 18 or 20 years or 16 years. Um, That's amazing. However time you have to do it. So um, the first one is, you know, having a little money in the bank, like 1000 for the first baby step. I, I know this is way off the topic, but I'm so pumped about this. <laughs> stuff no, bring I it on, man. People I need to know this. Seen, I've actually seen people who make a lot of money, but they don't get to keep a lot of money. Hmm. And literally, when they have like 
a simple problem, they can't go to the bank and, you know, bring that money and do what they got to do. So the financial piece thing is actually just teaching you on how to um, prepare yourself to be stable financially. So the baby step one, you put some money in the bank. Second one, you pay off your debt. And the third one is you save for like three to six months of your living expenses. So in case COVID happens and somebody loses their job, you know you can survive for the next six months while you're preparing uh, for a cloud exam or a Linux exam to get your next big job. Your family can still be okay. You can take that six months off and, or three months off and study because you can cover it. But when you don't have that settled, you're not going to have time to study. You're going to be stressed out mm-hmm. with rent and mortgage or whatever you have going on. So it makes a lot of sense to me. And like I, I think I posted on Twitter the other day, I finished one to three and I'm pretty much excited about that. Yeah, it's it's um, people don't realize is it's putting that like had the six month emergency fund. It's, it's important because it gives you the freedom to make wise choices. When you are in a, yeah. in, a, in a tough situation, you make dumb choices. You, you make choices yes. that you have to make. You never want to be in that situation. You want to have the freedom to make the choices you are, are that are best for you. Um, so yeah, fantastic advice. Um, Ernest, that's a great book. Um, I, I read it a long time ago. Uh, we got a question mm-hmm. from uh, Chris Trucker. Thanks Chris for the super chat. He says, uh, I don't know anything about IT at the moment. What's some advice on getting started? Which I know is we kind of we kind of answered it already, but like I guess what's the motivational kick that guy can need right now just to to get started? IT is a very wide term. Um, first, you have to decide what path you want to go go through. Right? You you want to go into cybersecurity? You want to go into network engineering, cloud engineering, um, software engineering? Um, there's a lot of things that you could do in terms of IT. So first is to decide which path that do I want to take, and then the next question is how do I get where I need to be in this particular path that I'm taking. That's good. That's good. Um, we had a question, another question from Jeff Hill. He was asking about. Uh, let me see. I try to get his comment up here but he says um Ernest, how do you feel about the a plus net plus security plus should i do that or go straight to ccna then cloud and then he asked a question about how do you study and watch videos and labs and take notes so it's a big question so let's start with how do you feel about the the comp tia stuff and should you go straight to ccna um i I don't want to say it, but um and you can be honest here it's fine i mean because i mean comp tia i'm not a big I'm not a big fan of CompTIA. I went through their material and it's very, very good. Um, if you're coming in fresh into networking um, and you have the time, um, those three certifications are a good thing to have. Um, but if you don't have the time, I think the CCNA pretty much starts from the basics and takes you to a certain level when network engineering engineering is concerned. So, um, but Security Plus is is very, very important because you need to know stuff about security because every day you have to have that awareness that you're working as a software engineer, as a software engineer, as a network engineer. Even if you're not on the security team, you need to have that awareness. So I think Security Plus is a very good certification to have. 
Um, a plus, so much. I don't. I don't think I, I've never seen anybody ask me anything inside a computer. Mm. I mean, oh, I, at, at your level, that would be like, why are you asking me that, right? Like, <laughs> that's dumb. Um, now, the the only, I guess, the situations where I tell people. You should look at the CompTIA stuff, the early, the you know the A plus security plus. Oh, security plus, I think is different, but like network plus and stuff is when you don't know what you want to do. I mean, if you're yeah. if you have your heart set on networking, CCNA is a no brainer. But if you have no idea what you want to do, then maybe go to that sample platter of CompTIA because it's not going to go too in depth, but it will give you a little taste of what IT is like. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, the A plus, the A plus material, I never finished it. It's it's a lot of stuff, and it's been a while since I've looked at it because I, I took mine back in 2009. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Um, so it, technology's changed quite a bit. Um, they, they cover a lot. Like they cover everything from security to the cloud to you know desktop repair and stuff. It's it's a huge exam now. Um, you know, you know. Sometimes you get this feeling like maybe somebody's gonna ask me how to upgrade a RAM. Like what? I don't know this stuff. I've forgotten about this stuff. Okay, you mean, you mean you're not going to walk into the people. Amazon data centers and change out like one of the terabytes <laughs> of RAM they have? <laughs> yeah, so um, you don't get to do that every day. So, I mean, I mean, you can get past the A-plus if you're not looking to do something. Completely. I don't want to say repair computers because it's A plus is not about repairing computers. It's about knowing about the components that make up the computer system. Mm -hmm. So if you have the time, it's a good thing. It's a good to have. But um, in terms of um, employers, I don't think anybody's holding you to. It's a must for you to have that. I've never seen anybody list. You must have a computer certification. Yeah, the the only area where I see it's um, really helpful is when you have like no experience. You don't have a degree yeah. or anything, and you want that zero. help desk job. You want that help desk yes. job. A plus is going to help you there, especially if you're starting yes, from zero. Yes, yes. Yeah, if you're starting from zero and you have zero experience and you didn't study like computer science, someone like me, I studied computer science um, before even coming over here, um, so I have the background. But if you're coming from a, a different uh, background, like, say, social sciences, I mean, it, it's fine for you to um, look into those three certifications. It can get you into the help desk where you can, you know, grow from there. And trust me, when you do those three and you start studying for your CCNA, it's going to be way easier. Yes. That, I mean, because you, you definitely can approach the CCNA and yeah, you're going to hit things where you're like, wow, I don't even have the context to know what this is talking about. I need to go study some other <laughs> stuff around that. Um, so you could do it. Certainly helpful to already know what they're talking about when you come into it. Um, so after that, do you recommend, because um, I know it's, it's odd what, you, what you're doing because it's not necessarily the cloud. You're supporting the stuff under the cloud, which I think is amazing. So you're not like yeah. you're not having to know how to use stuff in the Amazon uh, portal and and build VPCs. Like you don't have to know that. You have to know what it is because no. you're supporting the underlying stuff. Um, yeah. So for some, to be someone like you, you don't necessarily have to. I mean, you definitely have to be aware of the cloud stuff, but you don't have to have that certification, right? Yeah, you don't have to have that certification. I mean, it's good to have so you can relate better with the customers. But if you're not going to become a solutions architect, uh, Amazon, uh, stuff like that, uh, it's not a must have. 
for you to have uh, AWS cloud certifications. Um, they care more about the automation piece and networking. Cool. And and his last part of his question was, uh, how do you study? So do you, are you a, a handwritten notes kind of guy? Do you just watch it, absorb it because you are amazing now and you just that's just how you th do things? I, I don't know. How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I've become um, sophisticated now. <laughs> You're <laughs> like basically my, a computer. My, you just plug it in. And I just my, boop, my, flash drive. My, my Juniper exam that I'm preparing for now, I'm I'm not actually taking notes. I'm going through the video training that was provided by Juniper, and I'm reading these two um, books, um, Enterprise Routing and Enterprise Switching. It's a Juniper book that I have on um, Safari Books Online, which is where I do all my studying. Mm -hmm. So when I started, I used to use um, physical books, but then I switched over into using Safari Books Online, and I've never... I don't think I've ever bought um, any physical book again. That's me when too. I, started, I use, I think it's called O'Reilly now. They've, they've officially changed yeah, their name. But yeah, yeah, I, I use them exclusively. Yeah, so I have the one-year plan. I, I keep the one-year plan. So I just go on there and I study anything I want to study. But if I'm learning something new, why I'm doing this for the JNCIS is because most of the contents is just switching over from what you already know. But now you're learning how Juniper does it. Um, so I get it. I must have had a notes for, I have thousands of notes for OSPF, BGP, um, um, all the layer two stuff. But if I'm learning something new, somebody's starting new, I would suggest taking notes. Some people decide to write. I'm, I like to write myself. Some people use OneNote um, to organize their, their notes. Um, I, write, I have notes I write uh, physically um, and I go back and read them. So when I read the first time, I watch the video, I do the lab, and then I come back and read my notes again, and then go back and lab it up again. And, and then it begins to make sense. So with, with that, you can handle any project that you have or talk to somebody about that particular technology because you've done it repeatedly again and again and again. Um, some mm. like OSPF, I can't count how many times I've studied OSPF. And sometimes I ask myself, like, why are you reading about OSPF today? <laughs> <laughs> why not? It's awesome. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but, but, then, but then, but then you, you notice that um, the more you um, read OSPF, the more you find out something about the database, about the um, algorithm, how stuff works that you might never know. Because I remember one of the questions that was I, I, I got asked at the Amazon interview, I didn't figure out that, what that stuff was. I had to go back and look it up. And it's, it's crazy how much you can forget. <laughs> and I hate yes. it so much. And what the, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to develop a habit like you to where I have to force myself to go back and learn the things that I don't even know I forgot. And that's that's key. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of like why you feel like, oh, I didn't know that about OSPF. Well, maybe you did once. You just forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you try to remember and you don't. You have to go back and like check it out and, you know, maybe lab it up again and figure it out and see, oh, OSPF has that. So when next somebody talks to you about it, you can um, talk through what that stuff is. So takeaway is what I'm getting is. Lab it up, write it down, repeat. 
Because <laughs> like repetition, I yeah. think, is the key with all the stuff, um, especially if you're going to end up doing it on a day to day. Um, so how, how much time do you have? I know we're like, it's like, we've gone some time. How much time do you have left? Um, I mean, I, I can spare another 20 minutes. Okay. So I'll go through a few more questions that I won't take too, up too much of your time, but thank you so much for sticking around and answering questions. This is so cool. Sure. Um, quick super chat from, um, Smacky just says, I love your videos. Uh, th- uh, appreciate what you do and keep on grinding. I will. Thank you. And we got a question from Dave here. Dave W. Let me throw it up real quick on the screen. There it is. It says, uh, how can, this is actually interesting. Um, how can one go from a desktop support role, make a jump to network engineer role at a large company like Amazon? So I'm assuming they already work at Amazon. They're doing desktop support. How do they jump up to is, where you might be? It is, it is actually easy. Even if you don't work, work for Amazon already, you just have to study, learn this stuff. But I mean, at some point, depending on the role that you're coming into, um, you might require some experience. Um, it's not just about studying and getting the certification. Um, they want you to have done this before in um, real production network. So wherever you're working at, um, if it's Amazon, it's going to be easy for you to make a jump if you can prove to your manager that you're at the level of becoming a network engineer. And the only way you can do that is by studying and, you know, taking up projects, working with other network engineers that you have in your company, shadowing them, talking to them and making them notice you that you want to come on this side of the building. Um, So... When oh, so there's a whole other side study. of the building where you, you keep all the smaller guys on the other side. <laughs> yeah, if you want to come on the side of the building, so you have to let them know you show interest. And you, while you're studying, you try to involve yourself in the projects that are going on in your company. And, you know, try to dig around stuff. Most of the companies have labs where you can lab up stuff in, in, in-house. And... You can let your manager know that you're studying for this certification and this is where you want to be in the next one year and this is how you plan to do it. Even if it means getting a CCNA or a CCMP or JCMP, whatever it is, or even getting a CCIE, nobody stops you from getting a CCIE as a desktop uh, support guy. Nobody's stopping you from doing it, right? You can do that, go from zero to 100, you can make a plan for yourself, say it's in months, two years, three years, I want to get out of here. And this is what I'm going to do to get out of this position. So that's, that's what I would advise anyone to do because our industry in terms of network engineering and cloud engineering, cybersecurity is so good because you can literally learn your way into whichever role you want to go into mm-hmm. from YouTube or any website online. It's not like nursing where you have to get this um, approval and that um, license and this and that before you get, get, get a job. Um, here, if you can prove that you can do this stuff, somebody out there is going to give you a shot. I know, isn't that like, it's, it's the best thing in the world. And I, I always tell people it's like cheat codes for life. I mean, it's, 
you're right. Like all, most traditional careers, you have to, you know, get take a loan out and go to school. You have to take time away for your family to possibly go to a building or whatever and do assignments mm-hmm. that aren't even uh, applicable to what you want to do. With networking and IT and cloud, man, you just sign up for a, some free stuff, and there's a ton of free stuff on YouTube. Or you can just pay uh, 30 bucks a month at the most on most websites and get amazing training and accelerate. Yes. And it's really up to you. It's just your grit. And that's such a rare thing where it's just amount, it comes down to how hard are you willing to work because it's right there. All you got to do is just run at it and grab it. I love that. Yeah, right there. Like anybody that comes close to me, if I see you not doing anything, I, I start talking to you about IT. It's like preaching to people about, you know, going to church. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm an IT you, evangelist. It's, it's Do you know right, Jesus? Shoot. And do you want to get an <laughs> IT? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, oh, you work here. Um, do you want to get into IT? I think you can do it in six months to one year. And you can be I do IT the same thing. I've got like two guys at church right now. <laughs> I'm like, I got them going, studying for their stuff. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I, I talked to this guy in my church. Um, you know, I saw him. He works for UPS. Um, so I, I told him, dude, you can make, you are a young guy. You can make a lot of money doing IT. You just have to sit down and study for some time and, you know, get it done. So he was pumped up. He was happy. And, and then we set up a meeting. And we talked for the second time, and I sent him, you know, the books, the videos, and everything. <laughs> and then he texted me the next day, and he told me, bro, I'm good with UPS. I stay here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's more attainable than most careers, but it's certainly not easy. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that's... a walk in the park. You can't just go get it. And I think you, you pre, uh, we have two more super chats I wanted to throw up, but we kind of answered the questions already. Uh, one from Landon Bird. Let me just throw it up real quick. And those will be quick, these will be quick and easy. Uh, let's see if I can find it. This one was, and thanks Landon for the super chat. It says, if someone has a small background in tech, getting ready for his A+, um, how should they proceed to become a network engineer, the fast track? And I think you kind of already answered it. I mean, CCNA would be the fast track for that. And yeah, if you have a background, get on your CCNA. That's the fast track. And then, like, I, I love your, your grit mentality. It's just, dude, sit down, plan it out, figure out how much time you have yeah. to study, and just do it. <laughs> like, just don't just, delay. Just do don't it. make excuses. Because just do it. You, most times, you don't have to go anywhere. Like, I have people telling me, oh, I need to pay for this train. I need to go to class. I'm like, dude, you have, all you need is a computer and the internet. That's mm-hmm. it. If you don't want to buy equipment, I can show you how to set up the lab virtually. Like I talk to people about this so much, some people try to like avoid me because <laughs> once you come around me, and <laughs> and I feel you're not. Um, the way I think about it is, if you come around me and I, I feel you're doing a job that you're not enjoying and you're complaining so much. That's my cue to tell you, well, why not come into IT? I love it. I love it. I, I mean, I, I can show you this stuff if you want. I can. I, I set up a class where I used to teach some of my friends um, back in New Jersey. Um, you know, they stopped coming for some time after it started getting serious. Um, <laughs> they like they like to stay where they are. <laughs> No, it's that that's so awesome and yeah I, I'm the same way I mean it's once you've walked the path of IT and you realize how far it can take you and, and that fast you're like man why doesn't everyone do this but then also and, not everyone's like you and me 
not everyone's like us yeah. to where they have the grit yeah, to do and, that. And that's why I come, um, you know, come here to talk about stuff like that because that's a part of my life that I've not been successful at getting anybody into IT. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> well, I, I would have to say though, I think our last video and what you do on Twitter and everything, I think you're more successful than you think. It's just that you, you maybe the immediate interaction, you got some dummies yeah, around I, you, but <laughs> I, I, I love to see people around me that you know are not doing something that is fulfilling to them to just try it out. If you don't like it, just leave. It's fine. I mean, you can say no to this money. Take the money and go do something else. It's mm -hmm. very easy. Absolutely so, right. That's, that's the point. Um, and then we have one more question, which I think we we already pretty much answered. And then I'll I'll let you get back to your family because I've got mine. Like my wife's texting me, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. are you done yet? We're, I'm hungry. Let's eat dinner." I'm like, "Okay, hold on a second. We, I've got Ernest yeah. here. I'm gonna I'm gonna use him for what I got him here for." Um, so Reed Lens, uh, thank you for the super chat. She says, "I love technology and want to get started in IT. Would you recommend getting the CompTIA IT Fundamentals or A plus or another cert for beginners?" Um, I know we kind of already answered that, but I guess uh, go ahead and, and so if you're like starting from zero, um, like nothing, like maybe they're switching careers from a plumber to something else, what would you say? Um, what I would say is again, if you don't have any experience, those three certifications. It's going to take a lot of time for you to get through them because it's a lot of material, but you would not regret it if you're coming from a background where you don't know what a computer is. Um, CompTIA is a good place to start because Cisco is going to be a little bit daunting if you go straight to the CCNA. And that doesn't mean you cannot do it. Um, I mean, if you listen to somebody like Jeremy, I'm sure you're going to love networking. You're not going to go back. Um, <laughs> But if you start with CompTIA and get that foundation and then come into CCNA, you're going to come in um, with a whole lot of knowledge to knock out your CCNA. So you pretty much really don't need to study to pass the exams, like I always tell people. Um, if you get through the CompTIA materials, um, prepare for your CCNA, set a date, and go write your CCNA exam and get your CCNA. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And they, they said, uh, Reed said IT fundamentals are a plus. I would say the IT fundamentals skip that a plus is entry level. Yeah. You can do that. Um, and yeah, then, yeah. A plus is good. Um, a plus get you into the help desk. Yeah. desktop support, support position. Um, so it, it's a good place to start because once you're in, in the company and you're doing something with computers, as a desktop support guy or help desk guy, you're going to be interacting with um, the engineers or right. whoever is in the IT in the company. And you can start asking them questions like, how did you get here? Like, what am I, what can I do to like move up or go to some other company and become the next big deal? So it's, it's very easy when it comes to networking. You just have to study your way through. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, Ernest, dude, I appreciate so much that you stayed on so long and came on and answered people's questions and, and shared your experience of how you became a network uh, development engineer at Amazon, which, by the way, congrats again. Like, that's truly incredible you, to man. see your journey and how far you've come. It's impressive, and you you keep me motivated. I know you keep so many people motivated, so I know you, you're frustrated with your immediate circle of people that they won't get excited about IT, but let me tell you, 
you sparked so many people's lives already. You're helping people stay focused. You, you, I'm sure you've already given people listening right now. Just like, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but we've had like over 700 people listening to you right now. So wow. you've, you've got them stoked and ready to go. Um, if you guys want to follow Ernest, he's um, extremely active on Twitter. It's at Cisco underscore Panther. I've got it in the description below. Go follow him right now. Uh, he's posting stuff all the time. I was going through his feed today, and it's just it's fantastic. Um, any any passing words of wisdom, uh, Ernest, before we leave off here? So I want to say two things before we leave off here. I want to shout out to the network engineers in Nigeria. Um, I know they're going through a lot of stuff, and we have the current and SARS movement that is going on. I don't know if you've seen it online. I've seen a few of your um, tweets, and it looks like really it looks really sucky. The, the special anti-robbery squad, what they're doing to the tech guys in Nigeria, because um, they think anybody with, um, like, dude, you can't get a job with your beard in Nigeria. Well, I would be screwed. You have, you have, to, cut it off. You have to cut that beard off to come for an interview in Nigeria. Wow. So it's just a, a different climate. They see you the way you are right now. The police thinks you're a criminal, which doesn't make any sense. Mm. So that's the awareness the youth are raising now in the country to actually let these people know that people do forex trading, people work in IT. We are allowed to take our laptops wherever we are or look whichever way we want to look, have tattoos and have beards and have dreadlocks and stuff like that. So I just wanted to shed light on the part of the police brutality going on in Nigeria and the last thing I have to tell people is don't get scared about the job description that you see online. Just go study them and apply. The people working there are human beings like you. <laughs> and they, they ask questions too. They get confused at times. And, you know, they, they go and find the information. So I see people, they, they look at um, the job description maybe from a company like Amazon or Google or Facebook. Um, they look at it and they, they're like, no, I'm not on this level yet. You already um, backing out from the position even before applying. Just apply. The worst they can do is decline or tell you you didn't pass the interview and you keep moving. And the last, the very last one is always know where your worth is at every point in time. How much you're worth as um, a network engineer or whatever. Um, IT part that you're into, know your worth. You can find it online. You can ask people. Um, there are so many resources to know how much you're supposed to be making at every point in time so nobody takes advantage of you. Great advice. I, I encounter so many engineers who are just insanely talented and they don't realize how valuable they are and they stay in the same place and never make a move and they're making chump change compared to what they could be making in the industry. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my heart goes out to all the people in Nigeria. I, I can't imagine um, not having the freedoms that we have here in the U.S. and being frustrated with yeah. that. It's that's terrible. So yeah, let's uh, keep keep them in our prayers. And uh, again, Ernest, dude, thanks so much. Again, guys, go follow Ernest right now on Twitter. And um, yeah, that's all we got. So we don't want to take Thank up you. any more of your study time today. So go and study right now. Ernest, go study. Everyone else, go study. I'm going to go eat. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's it, guys. We'll catch you guys next time. All right. Thank you, guys.